raw and bootstrapped from the start of Metropole Düsseldorf. This is the Start and Dust podcast. And I'm your host, Aaron Tupan. Welcome to episode 7 of the Start and Dust podcast. This time we speak about fintech and starting a fintech company in Düsseldorf. Might not be the most obvious choice. Uh, Frankfurt could be a better place. But we spoke with Fabian Bahn, one half of the founder team of A.IX Capital. And we have some interesting conclusions about whether Düsseldorf is a great place to start a fintech business. Anyway, A.IX Capital, a fintech company from Düsseldorf, a startup that makes what is known as robo-advisors. Those are algorithms that help people invest their money wisely. Basically, there are two types of this. One type is generating investment advice, so it tells you where to put your money. And the other one is additionally actively managing the fund that fits with your investment profile. And this is the type A.IX Capital makes. And that makes them one of the very few startups to do so. Enough reasons to schedule a conversation with Fabian and let him tell his story in the Start and Dust podcast. Here's our conversation. Enjoy. Fabian, thank you for uh, taking time to um, be interviewed for the Start and Dust podcast. Um, start with a brief introduction. Who are you and what business have you started? Thank you for having me. My name is Fabian Brown and um, we've just started a, a new company in Düsseldorf which is called A.IX Capital, and we uh, develop automated um, investment uh, guidelines, concepts, strategies, I must say. Okay, and that's for businesses or private users or that's for, everybody? That's for everybody. Uh, we have two types of customers, which are the private investors. So um, if you can get paid your bonus from your employee and you want to make something good with it, you can invest it in a publicly available fund with us or for institutional investors we support them in giving them the strategies and signals they need to develop products for their customers. Okay and you say we so that's Fabian Brown and? And, and my colleague Mark Fieban. Um, okay. we've, we've founded this company together and so far we are the, it's the two of us, the two founders in the company. Cool. Um, so. Um, Financial advice, it sounds very much like a fintech startup. Um, that's unique in Dusseldorf. So why have you chosen Dusseldorf to found A.IX? Um, well, there's several reasons. Yes, it's, uh, you can call it a fintech startup. At least it's a startup in the fintech environment. Fintech is a big buzzword these days. And uh, so I get asked questions, why not in Frankfurt? Um, sometimes I believe even it's quite good not to be in the middle of everybody if you want to do something differently. If you want to have fresh thoughts, um, it's sometimes quite good to come look from it at the outside. And the process of starting this company, we've had a lot of talks, interviews with people from the banking arena in Frankfurt uh, and elsewhere. And what I found personally is that um, a lot of the people are still in the, their traditional thinking and had a lot of trouble in envisioning new ideas, which I find sometimes then easier outside. And the other thing, frankly speaking, is of course that 
both of us, both founders have their network, their families in the Düsseldorf area. And um, for us, it's also important to be close to our first customers. So if we moved somewhere and be further away, that wouldn't have been good for us. Okay, that's, uh, so that's, it's family, it's the first customers, but um, also getting the inputs uh, of people who think differently and in sort of focused hubs, uh, hubs that are focusing on a certain topic. So like Frankfurt for FinTech, there is a big risk for silo thinking. Is that what you're saying? And yeah, which can hamper just, 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 just to give a concrete example, we're, we have a product which, frankly speak, speaking, people are not too excited about. So financial investing, that's something most people realize they have to do, but they do not enjoy doing it. And now, how do we market a product like this? And we get some ideas more from, let's say, the food arena, where people think, well, I want to eat healthier food, for example, but mm -hmm. how do I start this? So we have this investment challenge coming up, meaning we're collecting people saying, well, I know I want to do this, I need to do this, but I need help from others. And so we line them up in the challenge for four weeks so they can actually do the individual steps to get not, in our case, to healthier food, but to better investment. And that's something that does not come out of the financial industry, it comes from food. And that's where we have great ideas, which we find also here. Great. So the, the food startups in the Dusseldorf area are inspiring the financial health of your future customers. That's great. Um, another way you're doing that, trying to reach out to your um, consumers, your customers, is that you have a YouTube channel and, um, in which you educate people about investing. Um, I saw a couple of those videos. It's uh, very interesting, uh, also a bit complex for me, but still you uh, happen to explain very well. What are you learning from doing these videos? Yeah, I think that's been a great experience too. Um, it really forces you to double check your own thinking. Yeah, because if you want to narrow it down and make a simple message, uh, you have to hit it on the spot and you should try to be not as, as, as simple as possible. And, and we're working on this, so hopefully, uh, <laughs> probably some of them are still too complicated, but we're trying to simplify messages without oversimplifying, of course. Uh, and that's uh, for your own thinking, it's a great um, learning process. So. Um, we started this already ahead of the company and, and the company in some way also turned out as a result of this thinking um, and we're continuing to do that uh, not only for hopefully the benefit of our viewers but also to uh, put new ideas out there, put new thinking which we largely collect from the US by the way here uh, with the, on the German market uh, and start, make people discuss. And what I realized also is that YouTube is a great uh, test to see what people are interested in, what, what, what types of videos they want to look and which types of videos they rather stay away from. So um, what we realized, there's a strong drive for doing financial investment things by yourself. And any episode we had where people got help for doing stuff themselves was very well appreciated. Whereas when you just have episodes where you tell things, they still get interest, but not that much. Okay, so the how to use uh, the AIX website, for example, or functionality? Uh, yeah, well, that was one of them, uh, but uh, even more, not necessarily AIX website or AIX products, but how do I do a risk management by myself, which I can manage and understand? Right. I think that was one of the most successful ones 
or how do I just um, tidy up my, uh, my, my financial depot where, where I have all my products I've bought throughout my lifetime they're still <laughs> looking around there somewhere. These are the type of things people we want to do and look at and if in the end it turns out that they realize AX products are good and they might help them, mm -hmm. the better. If not, they have the decision. So, um, and does that, um, I mean, the, the number of views or maybe responses you get on these YouTube videos, um, does that also inform the um, development direction you're taking with the, your products, your uh, robo-advisors, and maybe developing some other uh, suits of tools um, um, for the consumers? It certainly gives us inspiration for that. Um, we must realize that in, in, in this industry where we do um, create these robo-advisors, we're very strong regulators. So we're, what we're not doing is we're not changing direction in the middle of the way. If we, mm -hmm. we have come up with one product, investment product for the general public, the uh, A.IX Factor Fund, and that's set up in a certain way which was influenced by the, the, those videos, certainly but uh, it will continue to run within its own defined uh, boundaries because it's regulated, it's a cl mm. clearly regulated product. So if we want to change the product, we actually have to come up with a new one, which we haven't done yet and hopefully will not have to do in the very, very <laughs> near future. But no, but I was maybe, I was talking, maybe thinking some like supportive tools like data generated on a dashboard on how the performance is. Maybe that's mm -hmm. uh, what type of indicators you put on such a dashboard or what type of information you give your consumers that, that is informed by yeah. their responses to the videos. Yeah, one of, one of these examples would be the market monitor where we're talking a lot about passive investments in different type of asset classes, but people have kept asking, how, how do I measure? What's, what's this asset class like and what does it mean? So we have developed a market monitor, which gives you a, a one month, one year, three years, five years, 10 years overview of the performance of different asset classes like international stocks or gold or you name it. Mm -hmm. So, and that's very easy to look at one page summary, uh, which I hope helps people to see yeah. How different different yeah. investment types develop over the to time. Inform them what might be the uh, <laughs> wise choice for them. Um, you, you spoke about a strongly regulated uh, environment, uh, which the mm -hmm. financial sector obviously is, and I think rightfully so. But you also was talking about um, being inspired by ideas uh, and getting ideas from the US over to Europe. How mm -hmm. easy is it to translate those? Um, ideas from the US financial market which is differently regulated to... Yeah, that's, that's largely not a regulation issue. What we're, talk, we're looking at is really uh, two-day, up-to-date discussions in the area of what type of investments people are doing, what type of methods they're using. And um, there in the US is a very vivid and developed uh, scene, also online scene, blogging scene uh, on these different types of uh, discussions. They have a very um, active research, they have very active research groups throwing out a lot of research papers. So there's a lot of material on the market and uh, that's not necessarily in the, in the corners or edges of regulation. They, they can, can be easily translated one-to-one -one in, in, in activities here in Europe or, or, or Germany for that matter. Um, but it's just not that a big, huge community here that the discussions would happen primarily here. So people taking over a lot from there. Uh, also, um, maybe a little bit easier, the English-speaking country, English countries uh, from London, so there's also 
some great input. And there's also a few people here participating strongly, but largely in English. So many people just miss it. And uh, if you don't, if you're not excited by doing this regularly on an everyday basis, I could understand that um, you rather look at the results than really participating in the nitty-gritty discussions. Yeah, it's, it's more for the geeks, so to speak. Yeah, yeah, there's a, there's a, there's a, right, there's a little bit of which geek is good, theory there. Which is good, which yeah. is good. How difficult is it to translate something like you have with AIX, um, A.IX or? A.IX. A.IX. Um, how difficult is it to translate your product to, for example, other countries in Europe? Is that hard or easy? Um, that's not been the, the, the primary um, focus so far. We, we've, we've decided German, uh, for the German market as our start and beginning market because A, it's clearly our home market, but also it's a, it's a, it's a large European market. Technically speaking, um, we have a European market where you could buy foreign funds also, let's say, from France or England. Practically speaking, these markets will work so far work largely locally. That means that if you want to buy our product from within an English bank, you probably might have the problem that the bank just doesn't offer you the product. Uh, also, so far, um, for actively selling products in different parts of the European Union, you need uh, different um, regulate, re regulative permits, which we so far have for Germany, but not for other countries. It's like a banking license or a, a financial institution? Yeah, luckily you don't, don't, you don't need a banking license for what we're doing, but uh, a smaller type of license uh, which we have acquired for Germany, but not for all of Europe. Okay, so that's uh, there's still, because there's so much talk about the, uh, you know, it's a digital product and a digital single European market, and but still there are apparently yeah, the, the national boundaries. I mean, there is also in the fintech arena, there is room for European thinking and uh, let's say um, companies like Weltsbahn who actually offer uh, fixed rate investments uh, in all European countries where you exchange um, the, the risk for getting a low interest rate in a secure country for maybe a little higher interest mm -hmm. rate in another country. They're using this uh, all types of uh, European uh, um, ideas. However, largely speaking, the banking sector is still um, very local and um, despite money being able to tra travel the world within an instance, uh, that's, that's, that's quite a, um, how do I call that in English, paradox, yeah. quite a paradox actually. <laughs> cool. Okay, let's move on to a, a different topic. Um, we just had the Startup Woche, the, the week-long startup right. festival in, in Dusseldorf here. Um, so, what do you think of that? Uh, I've seen you in uh, several events, <laughs> which, which I think was one of the benefits of, of this, uh, this festival, so to speak, is that you get to see each other a bit more often and uh, strengthen the ties. Um, and what, so, what do you think of, the, of it and what's the value of such a, a festival, uh, I would like to call it, for a city like Dusseldorf? Yes, first, of course, I appreciate that a uh, town like Dusseldorf does this. And the Startup Week is uh, certainly a great way of publicly saying, hey guys, it's not only some cities in Germany, but we are also here and we have good opportunities and uh, hopefully making it more interesting for, for new startups, for young people to come here. Um, I personally would have hoped that I could have gone to more uh, of these events, um, but they were all condensed within one week and yeah. uh, some business has to go on, on the side too. So um, I, I focus a little bit on, on, on two things, getting, uh, using the opportunity to learn about the, 
legal know-how which is available right here in Düsseldorf and or at the tip of your fingers and also of course to network that yeah. was the second um, uh, second opportunity and uh, what I'm expecting is that uh, with a kickstart like the startup week that the startup uh, activities within the town will continue and the uh, Stammtisch which is a regular basis for where people meet, will have even more people attending. And so that's why I think a, a public announcement we're here uh, is quite good for Düsseldorf. Cool. Yeah, I, I had the same thing. Also, a lot of um, other parties uh, organizing events like these legal uh, offices, uh, mm -hmm. also Ernst Young, EY, but also Stadtwerk. Uh, they mm -hmm. are all interested in, in, in the scene and in talking to people. And, and maybe one more thing is um, when you get these people on board, uh, like in, on trade fairs, uh, they're very approachable. So you can really very easily approach them and you will hit less walls um, when oh, you talk so, to yeah. established companies. So that's maybe another benefit um, yeah. when you have a real festival. No, absolutely. And I think that's, uh, that's one of the strong points of Düsseldorf. I mean, in, in, in Germany, it's often seen as a bit of a push and a... Uh, maybe a bit of an arrogant city, but I actually find that the startup ecosystem, uh, the, the people in it, uh, also those in the large corporations like, for example, who seem maybe unapproachable like Deutsche Bank or Ergo or these big conglomerations and the people in it um, who are involved with the startup scenes are actually absolutely super approachable. So that's, that's a great thing. And seeing them around, I think it has a benefit of making this threshold a bit lower. So back to you uh, as a founder, um, you just told me before we started recording that you've been in management consulting for quite a, a bit. Mm -hmm. um, now you have started your own business uh, December, uh, end of uh, last year. Mm -hmm. uh, what have you learned from that? So um, yeah, frankly speaking, um, coming from management consulting, maybe uh, my expectations were pretty high in, in terms of how quickly Will we be able to set up everything, including regulative stuff, uh, finding business partners uh, to, f to, to get our first product on the run? That took long, longer than I expected, so probably I got a little bit more realistic there, there by now. Um, otherwise, I'm very happy with our start, so um, uh, the stuff has been great. Now the, the interesting part will be how to grow, and uh, that's been clear from the beginning too. But uh, so that, that would probably be the, the way where we need to learn more. We need to try out a few things. We are trying to import ideas from other industries to make things differently, uh, to reach out to more people. Uh, which one of those will work, I don't know yet. But uh, without trying, we'll never find out. And so I keep my fingers yeah. crossed. <laughs> iteration, 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 right? Yeah, the iteration <laughs> comes with growth. <laughs> And uh, that we we'll have a good good hand in, 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 in keeping those those things which actually are appreciated by customers, and that we quickly identify those stuff which are not, and then we will adapt accordingly. Is there something um, that you would do differently next time, like a tip you could give the young people who want to start their business in this year or the next? Um, well, maybe. Uh, when I started, uh, I had a good job and was very happy with that. And so I, I, I thought quite a long time about, do I want to start a new business? And 
uh, step down the whole career ladder and, and take a different one and start with step one again. And frankly speaking, for me, uh, that was quite a great experience and probably I was too hesitant in the beginning and could have done that earlier or faster. Um, though I understand that still is, it's, it's not, a, not an easy step. But if you have a good idea out there and you believe um, uh, there's a market for it, if you have a team that is not only inspiring but complements you, I would, I would probably be faster to actually try it out and start it. Okay, so uh, entrepreneurship as a career opportunity right out of uh, school. Uh, yeah, frankly, these days um, there's so much of the tools around uh, that you could, I mean, you can start as an entrepreneur out of school. Uh, that's probably not easy, but um, you have, would have to have a, a strong learning curve. But the, the tools, uh, the, anything you do need to do uh, stuff online, it's everything there. You just have to plug it together in a meaningful way to create your own, to create your own idea. Yeah. Super. Thank you very much. So it was great fun talking to you. Hiya. In the beginning of this year, the local government presented their vision for developing Dusseldorf into a startup metropole. One thing they explicitly avoided doing was to establish or to pinpoint a focus industry for the startups. The city has many strong sectors and industries, such as fashion, advertising and retail. From my conversation with Fabian, I've learned that this plurality, this diversity is actually a very positive thing. It helps to think outside of the box and to break the silo walls and bring fresh thinking into specific sectors. Another thing I really like about what Fabian said is that starting his own business was even more rewarding than he imagined beforehand, an experience he now thinks he maybe should have pursued earlier in his life. That's a good message to close this episode of the Starting Dust podcast with. If you have an idea, now is the time to start your own business around it. Especially when you're fresh out of school and are not breaking a career you spent years building, but even then. So, go out there and start. In Dusseldorf, of course.